At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Psychoethical podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick. Um, it's Friday. What day is it? Friday afternoon, and uh, and it's podcast time. I have to do a have to do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I've had um, <clears throat> I've had a, a call this week. Like someone came round, some play date for my son, um, and he was like a little snot, snotty baby, and then my son got got a cold so he was like snotty and then I got I got snotty so I've not I've not been uh had any any kind of illness for for a very long time so it was uh so yes I've been been a bit ill this week so 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 apologies if I sound a bit uh if I start sneezing or whatever but I feel like I'm on the I'm on I'm, I'm through I'm through the worst of it now so uh so yeah, so I was I was trying to th- I was thinking what to do uh, for this podcast. Um, something that's been on my mind this week is because I'm on tour. Uh, I'm on tour like starting I think it's like twenty twentieth, twenty second, twenty third, so uh, the twentieth of this month, like touring touring around the UK and uh, in theaters and stuff. So like one thing I've I, one thing I was kind of. I'm conscious of is uh it's not a good it's not a good time to be going on tour and because I think a lot of people just don't want to go outside like they don't want to go out to to the theaters or they don't even want to go and see James Bond so so yeah so numbers are probably going to be much lower than usual uh like the last the last few tours I've done I was always like selling out nearly all the kind of venues like theatres and things so you get like you know three or four hundred people coming to you know to like a you know medium size like theatre but I'm kind of I'm kind of dreading I'm dreading a little bit uh this tour because I think I don't know I don't know if my ego can take it if there's if there's not if there's nobody there, but I'm sure there'll always be there'll always be people there'll always going to be people there. But it was uh, anyway, so it's quite a it's quite a bit of an un it's quite kind of a bit of an unknown really, and uh, so and because I don't because I'm not on social media anymore, that kind of compounds it. Like I had an, a message from someone who was like, "Oh, I live in Leeds, and I've just seen you. I've just just now seen you on tour and stuff." coming to Leeds and it's kind of like oh god like if I had social media so Vanessa Vanessa was like come on you need to you need to start on social media again I'm like I'm like I can't I can't I can't go back to social media now like I've I've, you know I don't I don't actually believe you know when someone says um you know like I don't eat meat or I don't drink or like you often like 
you know, if you if you don't eat meat, you can still eat meat. Or you can still have a drink if you want to. Like you, you should never be. You know, never say never, but you should never be absolute. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent never absolute or anything. That, that's my that's my motto in life. So, um, like I should be able to go back on social media. Like it shouldn't be like this is my line in the sand. I'm not going back to social media. Um, but I was saying to Vanessa, like even if you went back to social media, it took you know. It took a, a long time to get like fifteen thousand followers or whatever. Like it took a lot of effort to to get all those followers. Although weirdly, like all my followers on all these things, like Instagram and everything else, they all basically went to about fifteen thousand and then just stayed there and never went up or never went down. So it's kind of weird. I think that was all these like sex bots and all this kind of fake accounts that have just filled filled it all up really. Um, so I was like, you know. I was, you know, if you don't have that conversation, like, look, I've, I've come off, I've come off social media because it's a lot better for my mental health. Because literally, the second I go back on social media, I'm just like, it, it brings me down and depresses me and something. But I think Vanessa's just thinking, like, we just need to make some, you know, money and stuff. So, um, it's a bit like the mafia, you know, they kind of, you know, they just, they just kind of get you and stuff, intimidate you. So. So I, I did actually, I did, did actually react. The thing about Facebook, like on a lot of things like Twitter and Instagram, I think after a certain time they've they've gone. You can't you can't get them back. But I think Facebook, it's just it's just the nature of Facebook. It's just it's just there. It's like a, it's like shooting up heroin or something. It's just there. Like oh, go on, have a little, just have a little bit, you know, just for just for old time's sake or something. So anyway, so I I I reactivated it. And it came wing and it, there it was back again. But then I realised. Um, I had like a Facebook page, which is different to a Facebook account, and uh, that one had gone. So I was like, "Oh fuck it, it's not worth even. It's not even worth doing it." So I deleted again. And uh, but even even just switching on for those few seconds, you saw all these like messages from people on Facebook, and you were just like, "I just don't want to get. I just don't even want to go look at those messages because they're going to be either someone's going to be pissed off or irate or whatever, or they're going to be." something else so I just got rid got rid of it again um but it, uh, you feel when you're on when you're on tour like i have uh like speakers from the edge of the, of the people who like organize tours for people like me and um uh kenton cool and chris bonnington and all these kind of people and uh what's kind of weird was i i was a i was a person who set up speakers from the edge and then eventually i ended up like selling selling my share, my half of the company to to the somebody else and anyway so so it's kind of weird uh, if I ever if you ever get around to finishing my podcast about my history of of work and anything I might have any insights into making a living as a climber I'll I'll include that in there but anyway so but I like Dion who runs Dion used to be the marketing do all the marketing from Speakers on the Edge but anyway Dion now on Speakers from the Edge but it's you know really it's really tough um, at the moment you know to be running that kind of, like an events business is not is not very easy. So he just had Kenton Cool was on tour speaks on the edge. So anyway, but you but apart from like your ego of thinking, you know, like I might turn up and there'll be like a hundred people there or something. Hopefully, the hundred people. Um, it's like also well for him it's like a, it's his business. Like for me. I could go on tour and not make any money whatsoever and I might lose money from, uh, you know, uh, I don't stay in hotels, I stay in like the cheapest Airbnb I can find. So it's, the my overheads are very low. So um, 
that's that's an that's a very interesting that's very important if you're ever going to try and make a, a living out of something like a business is try and don't imagine yourself as being successful as in that means i can stay in like five star hotels and you know employ someone to drive me around and and uh, you know and all that kind of stuff it's very important to always minimize all your expenditures so um uh but anyway so but i feel um you feel like me going off social media is just making his job like a lot a lot worse like if you got 15,000 people and you say oh look at this i'm going on tour then you know that's kind of that's kind of helpful um but i but, but i don't anymore so uh so anyway so i was i was thinking uh i should i should try and like what's the alter what's the alternative um uh like like yeah i guess you could you could you could put like an advert on uk climbing but they don't they don't like me anymore so they don't they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything with me so uh, for some reason and um uh you know like magazines like no one reads magazines anymore they're just uh i don't think people ever really read read many people read magazines anyway i remember when i was working in shops you'd always get this like big stack of magazines and you would sell, you know, 20 of them. And then the rest of them would just, you'd pull the covers off them and post the covers back to get a refund. Then you just throw the rest rest in the skip. And someone told me that something like 70% of all magazines in WH Smiths uh, just go in the skip. Then no, no one buys them. And I think magaz- magazines, the magazine industry and advertising is one of the great scams that no one ever really, really fully underst- understood in that it, it was never anything it was never to do with the consumer buying the magazine it was to do with leveraging the cons the number of consumers number of readers you had in order to leverage the highest amount of uh, advertising so you know like in a climbing magazine full page advert would cost you like one and a half thousand pounds or something or, or more if it was like the back cover or whatever uh, but if you're looking at something like Vogue or something, you know, or like high end magazines, you're talking, you know, hu- huge amounts of huge amounts of money. Um, so, so, yeah. So anyway, but no, but no one is reading magazines. I think once people, once advertisers realize that actually no one is actually reading this magazine um, anymore, they're just going on the Internet. Uh, we'll just advertise on the Internet instead. It, it wasn't like oh we can have we'll have less adverts in the magazine but we'll just still be making shit loads of money because we have all these people who buy the magazine like that that doesn't that didn't work because that's not how it works so like that's why a magazine that that says it's not going to have any advertising generally doesn't last very long because you just can't it just the model doesn't work like a like a magazine should cost the same as a book you know it should cost like 15 quid 20 quid and then it would then it would like you know, like Alpinist, Alpinist magazine has adverts in it. And I think Alpinist magazine just barely, barely scrapes by, and it's got like Alpinist has got increasingly uh, walkified, a bit like all the magazines. I think they're all they're all on the way to. You know, they're all gonna, they're all eventually gonna die because the people who buy magazines are generally the people who who don't do don't like like kind of walkification of the media that they consume. And the people who like that kind of thing don't buy magazines, so it's uh it's <laughs> it's a lo- it's a lose lose for everybody. Um, so like the if magazines are out, social media's out. Um, it's like what am I gonna do? Like I'll I don't know podcasts. Maybe I need to try and 
get on some some other people's podcasts and so i was i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a podcast with um i'm gonna get some people on this podcast because then i can just piggyback any kind of you know something on the back of their fame and fame and uh good looks and everything else so pete whittaker's because pete whittaker's also going on tour so i just i thought i'd do it i talked to pete whittaker about um you know making a living speaking and stuff like that because pete's kind of not new not new to it but he's like at the beginning of that kind of you know making a living out of talking about his adventures and stuff so anyway so i was meant to do that today but because i was poorly i didn't think do it so um so there was like i've just been on this podcast the uh unconventional soldier podcast which will which will be kind of interesting i think it's a podcast uh it's like a military basically podcast but it's very um i found i found it because i was there was some i was there was something about um it was something about clothing in the falkland island in the war in the falklands or something and they end up coming across this podcast and it had a very good podcast about this guy who was fighting in the Falklands War and it was all to do with all kind of stuff. Anyway, so I ended up I ended up uh, emailing them and saying how, you know, it's like a really good podcast, really interesting. It's very like nerdy. It's, it's got lots of, anyway, it gets really into lots of nerdy kind of stuff. Anyway, but they, they end up replying because I have this thing about I always like to email people and say you're doing a good job or you know, blah, blah, blah. Because I think a lot of people don't bother. They just kind of, there's so much media out there. We're consuming so much free content. We just imagine it's just there for free. Like no one, no one is, you know, people just fire out their asses or something. But, you know, the the quality of a lot of what people are con- producing, <laughs> this is a, an exception, is uh, amazing. You know, the people like the BBC would be, you know, would have like producer and engineer and researcher and blah, blah, you know, all these people fully funded producing something probably half as good as a lot of, a lot of podcasts you hear. So anyway, so I, e- I emailed this, 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 these guys and I was saying, oh, this, I really like your podcast and good luck with it and all that kind of stuff. And it's like a lot of these things. It's like the stuff on the periphery of the genre of podcasting is always the most interesting. The stuff that is never going to appear at the top of your, you know, of your, uh, you know, what you should be listening to. Like generally all that's just going to be shit. Uh, it's all the stuff that's kind of the super niche stuff. Like you'll find some Dungeon Dragons kind of related podcast. There'll be an interview with somebody and it'll be uh, really interesting. Like I, I've just been listening to this uh, Lex Friedman podcast and I just listened to this one. I can't remember his name now. American judo, you know, judo uh, silver medalist. And that was like, that was like, uh, I guess Lex Friedman is is he's becoming more mainstream podcaster now like he's incredibly prolific in his podcasting but um that that was that you know sometimes you listen to a podcast and it just stays with you for ages and you're always like oh yeah I was listening to this podcast every every other conversation I have is like oh yeah I was listening to this I was listening to this podcast and just kind of blah 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 and um you know but poor old Vanessa just kind of like she just she doesn't listen to podcasts. She just, you know, her eyes just just glaze over. Like when I start saying, "I was listening to this podcast." Um, un- unfortunately, recently, uh, maybe I maybe I covered this on another po- on my last podcast. But Vanessa started reading the newspaper. She basically buys. She's just this thing like, "I want to start reading the newspaper." So she buys this the Sunday newspaper, which 
Um, I should not have to buy the Guardian. <laughs> anyway, she's not. Um, anyway, she buys. They're all as they're all as bad as each other. I've realised like it's very it's very hard to fight. There's all the newspapers as bad as each other in my mind. I could be wrong, but they're all um, the the language they use and the way they say it, the way they frame things. Like it's very. I think it's always very. Um, anyway, it's just not. It's just not. Not. Um, it doesn't lend itself to actually understanding anything. I don't think. Anyway, so she started re- started reading the newspaper, and it takes her about like four or five days to to seem to get anywhere th- anywhere. Yeah, by the time she's finished the Sunday newspaper, it's Sunday again, ready for the next one. And that's because she's like busy, got baby and everything else. But um, you know, she was it was she was like, uh, oh, it's so terrible these um these uh, Haitian refugees who are being sent back to sent back to uh you know haiti and all that kind of stuff and i was like and i was like <laughs> i was like you live in fucking west of ireland who gives a fuck about fucking haitian refugees i mean you've just started reading the newspaper and already it's bringing you down and like filling your mind full of shit that's no it's, it's got nothing to do with you or whatever <laughs> which is no it's not it's a very not very modern way of looking at this kind of stuff but someone someone told me that uh that's kind of very russian you know, this was it. What's the podcast? Um, the uh, Red Scare podcast. But they, you know, their thing was in Russia. Instead of Black Lives Matter, it was like No Lives Matter. And I think maybe they maybe have kind of got that No Lives Matter. And I think I've got I've kind of taken that on a little bit because I think it's just it's just not it's just not healthy to be concerned about these things that are not out of your control. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so so I'm always rec- I'm always. Uh, talking about always talking about podcasts and always like you know so it's like it's a very uh it's kind of central to my life but anyway the, for these guys in, the, in this podcast they were like oh actually one of one of them came to see me when i was speaking sometime in hull at the theater in hull so that's kind of uh it's kind of weird really and we ended up having a bit of a a, a chat and it was like um about, about this there's some kind of crossover between what they were talking about a lot of it was about like small groups of soldiers who were like in a remote remote places and it's like some observe observing the enemy or whatever and i was saying about like the crossover between climbing and um you know like like uh self being self-sufficient and all that kind of stuff anyway so they they end up having me on the on the podcast so that was but i i have this uh i have this thing at the moment i think because because I live a very isolated life, they're just me, Vanessa, and this baby, and there's occasionally like some other random family member turns up, or we go and visit somebody or something. But we, but I, I, I live in a fairly remote place, and it's fairly isolated from from any anybody. So I don't actually get to talk to that many people. I think I've, bec- I think I've, maybe like a lot of people have ended a bit like this. I've become a bit anti antisocial, as in no lives matter. And, um, and, uh, so, so yeah, so you've, I find that when I suddenly start, start having conversation with somebody, like I can't stuff myself, like all these, all these words start coming out and I can't, um, I can't modify them. I can't like, you know, restrict them and focus them and like, you know, turn the tap off, turn the tap on. And, uh, and, and often I'll start having a conversation with somebody like my neighbor the other day, it's like it's like you know, uh, old older lady, and she was like coming out of her driveway or something, and I was pushing, 
know her in the pram and she was like uh um she um you said oh how are you how are you doing and it's like oh like look at the baby you know you know blah 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 and you start having the normal um non-conversations that we all have which is like oh the weather's nice and uh uh, actually i had a really i had a i had this great great moment the other day i was like climbing up uh this hill over here um uh, near, near us a uh, diamond hill which is like a, a big hill mountain it's like a mini mountain but you can you can go up it in about an hour and a an hour and a bit from the from the car park it's probably like going up triffin or something so you, you can get up it so we basically drive there with noah so he's asleep in the car and you get him in the backpack and you can you can get the to the top of the mountain before he has to have his food, and then you then we have like a little plastic chair, and we sit on top of the mountain, and then he has his food, and then by the time he's finished his food, we can get back down to the bottom of the mountain to the car before he falls asleep. And then you put him in the car, and then he has a sleep on the way home again. So this, so it's very uh, it's the timing is very important. Like you don't want him to fall asleep walking down the mountain or whatever. Um, anyway, so I was walking down the mountain and there was these like three French women, like young girls who had been up this mountain. It's like very popular, very touristy mountain. And, and, uh, and they were like, oh, do you, do you think it is, do you think it will rain? And I was like, oh, like, see that mountain over there? See that mountain in the distance? Oh yes, we can see the mountain. See that mountain over there? If you can, if you, um, if you can see the mountain, um, it's going to rain. And if you can't see the mountain, it's raining. And they're like, oh, sacre bleu. Yeah. Anyway, so but I've been dying to use that stupid line for ages. And I'm like, anyway, Vanessa was like rolling her eyes. She was like, oh, those poor Haitians. But anyway, we do not understand what you're saying. So, um, uh, yeah, so I have this thing where I start just like, just kind of losing the run of myself. And just, uh, so I think I'm kind of, maybe I'm just starved of any kind of uh, <laughs> adult conversation. <laughs> with Vanessa <laughs> because when what she wants to talk about I don't want to talk about it and then what I want to talk about she doesn't want to talk about maybe would I think maybe that's the sign up there maybe that's the that's the, the crooks that's the um what's it kind of like that, that would be uh the perfect relationship is like two people who don't really want to have got nothing to say to each other or maybe that's not not right anyway so um you don't you definitely don't want to get so all you ever talk about is your kids like that's 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 not good you know, it's not a good thing. So we do talk. We do talk about other things. I can't think what those things are. Um, <laughs> she's like very. Um, she's not very like because I've been poorly. I was I was in bed for two days because I didn't want to. Because I'm going on tour. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, um, I don't want to get turn something that's not very like a cold or something into something else. If I'm going on tour, like you know, it's like getting really paranoid about that kind of stuff. So. Um, but Vanessa's like she's got no sympathy whatsoever because she never gets ill. Uh, like I think I had COVID in um, like in my, these early podcasts when I started doing the podcast, I was like ill for like m- like a month or two months or something. Like always, like I was basically ill. I think I got COVID in in uh, Poland in uh, was it December two thousand nineteen or something? Because every, everyone basically got really ill immediately, and everyone I met got ill um, afterwards. Uh, like my mom and everybody, Vanessa. So anyway, she's got no sympathy whatsoever. So she's like, what you need to do, like I'm laid in bed, I'm feeling like I'm going to die. It's like, what you need to do is go for a swim in the sea. And I'm like, oh, I think actually maybe just wants to kill me. I don't know. Anyway, so yes, I'm talking to this woman. I'm like doing the, like I really hate chit chat. I think I, I think it comes from working in a shop 
where everyone comes in and like uh it's just this like chit chat like oh how are you doing and all that kind of stuff and you get to the point where you realize that people don't even listen like you know you'd someone come in and they'd say um how are you doing and i wouldn't reply and they'd say good good as in i'd say to them how are you but they did, i didn't say it so anyway so it's, everything's like on this kind of uh it's all um is it formulaic what was it anyway so i don't really like doing thingy though i don't, don't really like doing it so i ended up i think i ended up like it was my next door neighbor is um uh i think he's on some kind of uh terrorist he's like a he's kind of an old an oldish irish guy and he's a he was he is a member of republican republican Sinn Féin. So I think he's on some kind of a watch list because wherever he goes in the world, he always gets like really hassled by um, immigration and um, and all that kind of stuff. So that's often a, when he's there. So it's, it's always an interesting conversation with him um, about him being a terrorist and everything else. He did actually get blown up, but that wasn't his fault. Um, uh, anyway, we started having this conversation and then uh, I think I was talking about they'd just been to Scotland and they were saying how like the lockdown stuff in Scotland was like much stricter than in England. And then I started getting onto like, I used to live in Scotland and I was talking about how, how much it had changed um, post the referendum. And that I'd written this, I wrote this article um, on my blog. It's probably one of the, probably an early article when I wrote something controversial, but it was basically about how, going to scotland and feeling this sense of this um um uh what do you call it um uh what do you call it when it's not not um anyway you know when you have like catholics and protestants or whatever uh, sectarianism that you felt this kind of division that wasn't there before when i was living there before and you had like the people who had voted to stay in the union um, were almost like the they were just kept quiet because they they didn't have the moral high ground where the people who had lost who wanted independence they had this kind of moral high ground and this kind of poetic truth to what they what they wanted and all that kind of stuff anyway so I kind of brought this up in the conversation and I was saying about oh, I wrote this article and loads of people you know loads of people said it was bullshit you know it was that's not true and I said it was like a one party state and this was like the lot this is a long time ago. I had this sense it was like a one-party state, and you saw lots of little signs of it in Scotland. And I think now, if someone reread the article, they would say you were like totally right. And and also these things that you wrote about were completely borne out in Brexit, you know, which happened a long time afterwards. And also, you could see it. You can see in all, in all over the all over the place this kind of sectarianism that we're seeing, whether it's to do with wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, whether it's to do with you know liking. <laughs> Like in Miley Cyrus or whatever, you know, it's like it's every, it's everything. You're wrong. Um, anyway, so I start, so 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 we started going down that road a little bit. Um, which was probably going out of the bounds of like an ordinary. It was more like a normal. It was actually more like a serious convers serious question conversation. Well, conversation as in I was doing all the talking, and then I went into. I think the the last podcast I mentioned this idea I've got about. Um, so I started talking about the. Um, uh, that we live in uh, this idea we live in a simulation and I, mean, I think the first time I heard the idea that we live in a simulation was some documentary I don't know it was like a long long time ago it was like some BBC documentary about time travel 
and it was talking about how would it be possible to time travel and at the end it said well, what we would do because of the um because of like the processing power of, of computers and all that kind of stuff is eventually we'll be able to have a computer that can create a um you know like a completely realistic uh, model of reality in which everyone in it all the characters people you know all the non-player characters and all the player characters and all that kind of stuff would all would all have would all believe they were real because they'd have all their background and they would have all their you know blah 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 anyway so we would be possible through um simulation to be able to um go back in time basically it wouldn't be it wouldn't be real but you know you would feel like it was going back in time anyway so i started having this conversation about like oh you know you know like uh you know we live this idea we live in a simulation and straight away like our eyes were going crossed and i was like well i think i've got this idea that we don't need to create a simulation we can just create like an internal simulation simulation where it's all in our minds and um like everybody is uh you know everyone is like nearly everyone is like plugged into this, nearly everyone is like plugged into this simulation and uh <laughs> it was just like this like just like dead silence, just like dead silence, uh, where it didn't really go anywhere. I was like, right then, better get going. Like, oh, nice. Well, it starts raining, and then push the, push the buggy away. Like sometimes, sometimes you do have a good conversation with somebody. Like sometimes, like when I go to the park, I'm like with doing something with Noah, and he's like doing something in the park. Like he's famous where we live because he can, he can go up all the slides and all that, kind of climb up all the stairs and stuff, and. Uh, you'll suddenly start having a conversation with somebody and something will just like click like you know something will just click like that and it's a bit like i don't know if you've ever have you ever met someone like in the op of the opposite sex could be the same sex doesn't matter and you just there is some chemistry or whatever where you just click and you're like this person completely gets me i completely get them and it's almost not like a a sexual you know it's almost not like i fancy you i want to i want to have sex with you kind of thing which you know you have that with everybody you know of all of all genders and all that kind of stuff but you know you're, you're like it's like it's like um beyond like a sexual thing you know it's it's like it's like the pair the person oh my god i like this person themselves i guess that's maybe that's maybe that's to do with like friendship when you meet someone and you just and you're just low, you know, you just, uh, maybe someone, maybe you're just in love with yourself. Maybe it's someone who's just like you or something. But anyway, because maybe it's just easy. You know, if someone, if someone sees the world like you do to some degree, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just easier and it's more, and you also, you can, you can explore things more because they know what you're talking about and you can like batter ideas off. Like a few people I've met who, who I think, I often think, uh very like funny funny kind of people people i respect who were like they get on stage and they were you know amusing and blah 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 like whenever when i've sometimes when i've met people like that i've hung out with them in a way it's a little bit exhausting because both of you are both uh on full power mode all the time like there's a, there's a so but anyway so it's um i i found recently again because we live in this like sectarian right sectarianized world is that you'll often talk to people who in the past were like that, were very similar, and you'll suddenly drift into one topic and you'll just you'll just hit like a dead end. Like you cannot you cannot you, 
you know, there's it's hard to it's hard to explain, but you just can tell there's suddenly like the brakes go on the conversation, and you know, like I would say, that I know, like I can I could speak I could talk to anybody about anything. I could talk to someone who is in Antifa or a white supremacist or a Nazi or a, you know. You know, whatever I could, <laughs> we're all the same, basically. <laughs> Any of our, you know, I could talk to anybody, someone who, socialist, whatever. You know, I can speak to any anybody about anything. Uh, I can speak to an Islamist. I can understand, like I think, you know, I, I personally, I would, I would, you know, I, there's there's a lot. I, I can't go into it, but you know, there's 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 aspects I could talk to someone about Osama bin Laden, and I could talk to them as if someone who had who had respect for bin Laden and all that kind of stuff. But I could also talk to someone who, you know, had respect for George Bush and I could talk to, you know, I can always, I can always, that's, that's the, that's the danger of always being able to see something in everything is that you're a kind of a suspicious character because really you should just believe in like one thing. Like this is the, like I often, I often joke Vanessa when she was a school teacher, she once came back and she said something like, Oh, I said to the kids, like, Oh, Hitler was a very, um, he was a very interesting man or something. And he was, you know, it would be, she basically was saying like Hitler, um, you know, had a lot of power over people. Like he was a great communicator or something. But just by using the word great is very dangerous thing to use. Because are you saying he was a great man or whatever? So I, I always always joke that Vanessa said like, oh, Hitler, he's, you know, he's, he's just misunderstood or something. But but having 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 the ability to, to feel comfortable with someone, to have a, you know, to re- say you want to talk about suicide bombing, you know, you can have a really interesting conversation with someone about the whys and, and everything else and what would make someone, you know, be a suicide bomber. And, you know, if, if someone if someone is coming from it, like I once had this conversation with someone about, um, about honour killing, you know, and this person was basically all for it. You know, it was a woman, basically. You know, a woman who was into was all for honor, honor killing. Now, personally, I'm not into honor killing, but um, by listening to this woman's explanation about why honor killings happen was for me was very was very interesting. But if I had just been like this person is, you know, you know, I can't inhuman or something. You know, I'm just gonna turn away, and not talk to them. Um, you know, like what's, you know, what's the benefit? What's the benefit of that? So, uh, <laughs> what's, what's my point here? This, this is, anyways, this is the point of what I'm talking about. Is that once I, is that um, is once I start talking, I can't I can't stop talking because I'm not I'm not having enough conversations. Ideally, I think me and Vanessa need to get like start reading, having like a book club or something, and just reading a book, and we can talk about we can talk about the book or something. <laughs> anyway. I think what it is, it's nothing to do with Vanessa. It's to do with me, and that I think I'm like, uh, I think, I think there's something wrong. I think there's actually something wrong with me. I did, I did. Add, one of these, one of these conversations I had with someone recently, where it kind of hit this brick wall, is I told them that I do have this, um, I do have like a a uh, something in place in my brain, which is like a fail safe that is always like processing all the information that I'm thinking about in in order to make sure it's not like toxic, like it's going to kill me or, or, you know, you, you, you could very easily see how you could be digesting information that would end meant end up causing you to kill yourself or kill other people or do something crazy or, um, you know, like completely 
you know, like blast you out of the life you have or something, you know, where you just suddenly hate society or think society, you know, you end up becoming psychotic or whatever. Like it'd be very easy in this day and age to, uh, for that, for that to happen because you, you're consuming so much information all at once by so many different sources where in the past, you know, like reading a newspaper, it takes time reading a book, you know, you always fall asleep. So like in the past, it was much harder to, to have something that really blew your mind and then for you to question whether that was actually the intention was it that was actually true or was it just trying to blow your mind so um anyway so i got on this i got on this podcast and we had this we had a we had this conversation on the podcast uh, with this um army guys but i ended up t- i ended up talking for about three, three and a half hours it was just it was very formal they had all these questions I wanted to ask you know and it was all we had a document you know, like a a document with all the questions they're going to ask me and I just went on and on and on and on and before I knew it it was like we've been talking for three and a half hours and then they're like oh I think I think we'll have to do this like a two-part two-part one and and I was just I, I asked him I emailed him later on I was like oh look I'm really sorry like that just that was I was probably just talking about you know just utter bullshit basically like because i just you kind of forget that you're on a podcast you just you just you're just talking and all this all these all this kind of stuff is like coming out of your head really all all at the same time so so yeah um um (laughs) like that's one thing i've been worrying about the moment because i'm on tour like i'm trying to put the trying to put my show together which is like is a show it's not just me talking about my holidays it's like a sh- i have to think of it in a way i've got to think of the beginning and the end and where it's divided in the middle for a you know like a interval and you know and all this kind of stuff and i and i i think it's been really stressing me out for various reasons and you know part you always think like oh god i've got nothing to talk about like basically this sh- the showing covers um you know, it covers like going to Namibia, Kenya, South Africa, um, Oman, Saudi Arabia, Alaska, New Zealand, Australia. <laughs> it's basically going to all these places in this in this thing. It's supposed to be about going on holiday, and like, how could I? How could I think I've got nothing to talk about? Like, it's just it's just this paranoia. Like, I remember when I skied across Greenland, I was like, oh god, I've got nothing to talk about, and then when I started talking about it. Um, before you knew it, I had all these like really some really fantastic, funny stories and interesting stories about Greenland. And it's the same with it's the same with uh, going to Alaska, going to Denali. You know, the same thing was like, well, there isn't really anything to talk about. But you, you, as you're telling it, you start realizing there are some really interesting things and things you haven't, haven't really thought about. But ultimately, the pro the the problem for me in my mind was, was like. It's got to be funny. I've gone from someone who was just doing a talk about climbing and you know going on trips and stuff to people thinking it was funny. Like it wasn't meant to be funny. Like I once had a comedian, um, Ed Burns, like come to one of my talks because we'd been like climbing together. And afterwards, he was like, "Oh, yeah. If I give you some advice, it'd be like when people start laughing, you don't give them any time. You just keep talking over them when they're laughing." And I was like, well, it's not meant to be funny. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get to the end. You know, I'm not, I'm not it's not meant to be like, uh, you know, proper comedian where they like set set up the line and then they kind of wait and start talking again. So, 
it was if it was funny, it wasn't intentionally so. Like like as you as you get better, there's a if you're on tour, you'll get like a a certain line. You know, you just know that when you've dropped this line, like the one of Alex Gamma, where you know he's like, uh, <laughs> you know, but there's like the certain lines when you when you when you when you when you say them and like, oh, I've never climbed outside before, and it's just like really really funny. But um, and the more you do it, you kind of get a payoff because it's kind of fun to to build up and then you just say it. Um, but anyway, some of mine had been stuck. I've been thinking like, oh, how can I make this funny? And it, but it isn't meant to, isn't meant to be funny. It's just meant to be a story. And there is like a, an arc of the, of the, of the story basically is that you, your kids get old enough, um, that you no longer have to be there and you can just finally in your life be free again to just go and do what you want. And, uh, and how that, you know, how that, how that is um anyway, so so yeah so 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 recently i've been like like no stop trying to think it's stop trying to make it funny just tell the story just you know you've got a story to tell just just tell it so anyway so so because i've got because i need to promote this tour i was like i need to i need to get on some podcasts i need to get some podcasts and so i uh i emailed i emailed like a few people who had who'd I emailed a few people in the past and said, "Like, do you want to do a, do you want to do a podcast?" Now, I think, I think because I'm kind of, um, persona non grata, persona non grata. What is it anyway? Persona non grata. That's like the Italian, um, Italian red tomato sauce when you don't eat it anymore. Um, I think a lot of people won't have anything to do with me because they're. I think I think because I think they always think. Uh, like I know Andy's okay, and he's a good good guy, all that kind of stuff, and he's got hasn't got an evil bone in his body, but other people don't know that. And if I have him on my podcast, you know, I might get the sh- you know some of my I might get like slagged off on like Reddit or something. So I can understand why people are um, you know spineless, but um, anyway, so so. <laughs> So sometimes, uh, you know, you you kind of send emails to people who you've kind of known all your life, and then you just don't get a re- you just don't get a response. Maybe they've died or something. I don't know, but you kind of you kind of get this impression that you're uh, you're just not um, you just it's like getting one an email from like Tommy Robinson or some uh, you know s- someone who is um, you know an antisocial antisocial uh, element or something. Uh, who's dead? Who's dead to everybody? So, anyway, I sent this email to I won't say who it was, but someone who's got like a climbing podcast, and I think in the past he'd he'd said something like, uh, "It'd be great." And I've known this person all my life, basically, you know, professionally and like per- and personally, and um, and uh, I think he'd said this. He said something like, "Oh, you have to. You should, I want be great for you to have on the podcast." And this is when he first started his podcast. And you can talk about anything, but don't talk about all your Unibomber kind of kind of stuff. Uh, like Unibomber is a very is actually a very interesting uh, person, and he's a very in, in, a very interesting person to study. Um, why he ended up being who he was? He's probably a very. He's at the moment he's like a really great person to try and understand and about the you know CIA and all that kind of stuff, like shit that's not conspiracy theory is actually true and documented anyway so um 
<laughs> like maybe climbers, it'd be quite good to talk about the Unibomber because they might fucking learn something that's not just about climbing. Anyway, so I, so anyway, so I sent this email. It's like, oh, I'm doing this tour, and I need to, it'd be good to, you know, I need to do some promotion. And it'd be great to come on your, on your pod, on the podcast at last or something. And I'm like, I'm sure we'd have like, I'm sure we could have had a really interesting conversation because he's like a funny, funny guy, and we've done we've done stuff. We've like been on stage together and stuff in the past, and um, and uh, even 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 non non tour stuff like i think it'd be, it'd be quite interesting the my down book thing that's kind of an interesting uh thing to talk about because of like that's like going that's that that's basically how i'm making a living at the moment from that from that book really and uh and i'm getting like amazing like emails from people so that's that's good but well emails you emails are usually half of it is like how amazing the book is and they've learned so much and the other half is like all the stuff that's wrong so anyway, but it's uh, at least the half half of it is 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 positive, and the, and the other stuff's positive as well. Anyway, but um, so I sent this email, and then I just got this response back saying, uh, it's a it's a climbing podcast or something. We only I only talk to climbers, and that was like the end the end of the end of the of the message. So. Anyway, so I was, I think, uh, I think like later on that day, I think it was like tea time or something. And Vanessa was like, uh, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? What's like, there's something wrong. And I was like, no, there's nothing wrong. And uh, I'm just thinking about my, the tour and all that kind of stuff. And, blah, 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 blah. and then I brought up this email or something. And she was like, that's it. That's what's wrong. Like that email. And I was like, oh no, it's just, he's probably just joking or something. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, that's it. That's what's wrong with you. Like that. That's it's like there's something you know that's, that's upset you or something. And uh, there are there are things like there's. I remember there was like a there was a picture on oh you on on Instagram. There's if someone uses your your name on Instagram, it would come up somewhere. It would show you all the ref people and people had referenced you on Instagram. And there was a picture of me, and it was basically when did I, when did Andy Kirkpatrick become an asshole or something and <laughs> this is probably like four four years ago not five years ago but it's it's um, um it's probably in my character that little tiny things kind of niggle me because and they niggle me for a reason because partly it's true like partly i'm not a climber and partly i am an asshole and there's part of me is like there's part of me that gets pissed off at that person for saying that because because it's not completely true and um, but it is also kind of true at the same time or like it it taps into that inner like 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 how many times I've been climbing this this year probably like three times or something like does that mean I'm not a climber anymore and you know like I'm not you know and, and am I an asshole like yeah I probably I'm a I am a a much bigger asshole than I used to be like I used to be uh such a not an asshole I was like you know just wanted to be loved and you know like just be like a you know passive <laughs> passive you know just like oh you know just, just you know if you're gonna if you <laughs> just do do what you want to me I don't mind you know I'll give you a hand or whatever I was you know just just a passive person, just a, a normie, basically. Now, now normies get really upset if you call them a normie, 
but it's like that's that's if you what's the opposite to not being a normie like a a not normie i don't know like who wants to be a not normie like everyone wants to be normal you know what's wrong with it so you know so you, assholes are basically um what's that thing people with ponytails uh behind every ponytail there's an asshole have you ever heard that anyways <laughs> that was doug scott that was a yeah he was the first person to tell me that anyway so, so yeah so as so this thing is like it's kind of it's kind of niggle it's been like niggling me a little bit and what what's kind of weird is i is i just all i ever think about is climbing like every day I'm thinking about climbing in some probably less than I used to because I've got other other stuff on my other stuff to think about. But um, like all the stuff that's going on in the world at the moment, like that takes up that takes up part of my time, and I don't really I don't really consume that much uh, climbing media. Like I don't read climbing books. I find like climbing websites very very dull. Um, uh, yeah, I find I find everything to do with climbing actually pretty boring. I think it's to do with as you get older, it's just a lot of those things just don't seem that in that important anymore. And um, uh, but yeah, I'm always thinking. But and part of it's to do with part of it's to do with like in a way I still that's kind of how I make a living is uh, is climbing is is either writing about climbing or climbing related stuff or, or or you know talking talking about it and like i'm doing a, i'm doing like a talk for like the mayo clinic which turns out it's not in ireland it's in america and you know this year i've done like quite a lot of talking to to companies like sort of top end kind of kind of companies which is kind of cool when it's on zoom because uh, you'd have to travel there and um you know, you're basically talking about climbing to them. You're trying to translate climbing to someone who isn't a climber. And you're trying to sort of pass on the things you've learned from climbing and other climbers and um, stressful situations. And like when I was talking to these army guys, basically, you know, I've had more more friends and more um, acquaintances like die doing what I do than, than they have probably. Um Sometimes I'll get like an email, I'll be searching for an email address and I'll find like a, it'll be in like a CC, you know, on an email. And I would say like a third of the people on that, on that email are dead, like from climbing. And, you know, that's kind of a, you know, maybe, and I was, like I've been thinking is, is there some part of distancing yourself from climbing is a way of trying to distance yourself from dying and climbing like subconsciously you know like it's not just young young climbers who die you know if anybody saw the film of um of tom uh tom um uh what's his last name um anyway tom's film bbc film um is it not tom hargreaves my brain's gone blank anyway but you know what i'm talking about um you know like but it's like older climbers, you know, like all these, all these old kind of times Scottish climbers, you're like, you know, they're, they're, they're dead as well. Like avalanches and all that kind of stuff. So, so I wonder, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's part of it where you just like on, on this, on this tour I'm doing, I'm like looking at all these trips we did 
and all of them were basically uh pretty pretty safe really there was nothing too too kind of radi- radical as if and i think maybe going climbing with your wife is changes it a little bit like you don't want to be doing anything super gnarly because you're just terrified just terrified of something happening to them um much more so than when you're just with some random stranger you don't really care about you know when you you can just launch up some some route and you don't really care about yourself you don't really care about them and that's how you get that's how you get it done basically but with it when you're with someone you really care about you just your mark your margins of like error and your uh um you know your stops your safety stops are just set set differently um so yes i won i guess it's i guess it's a different game though because i would say this person who said i wasn't a climber is um is like climbing's very broad like i th- i would say i was i mean i'm basically interested in i'm interested in having interesting times really and climbing is is one of the easiest ways to do that you know you, you don't really need a, a huge investment like if you only go scuba diving or skydiving or even skiing it, it, it requires a, a larger investment in in time and money uh and gear and stuff but with, with climbing you can you know you can get uh, get on a bus and go to the alps and you can you know get by on the, on on not a lot and have like amazing adventures and stuff and so i think for for me like that was the climbing was always like the the, the quickest quickest route to having like interesting adventures and like now i'd like to go I'd really like to sail around the world. I'd really like to row across the Atlantic and all that kind of stuff. But it all it all requires too much money, really, and um, <laughs> it's just uh, I have like I have like fantasies about I'll have to I'll have to build a boat or something. But um, I just I just never I know I'll never get around to it because climbing is so much easier, you know. So it, it might take you um, you know it might take you like a year to build your own boat, but uh, it only takes you like an hour to pack your bag to go to go climbing so um so yeah so i was like uh, yeah it's like it's a real it's a real um it's a real problem it's a real problem if you're like hypersensitive um about things that when people say things you take you take it it really it really wounds you i don't i don't think everyone's the same um like I'm not, I'm not expressing like, oh, this I've got this problem and I, I'm very sensitive, but it is kind of, I think it's probably in your, in your nature. It's like the, the yin, to the yang of, uh, or yang, yang, yin, yang, yin. Anyway, it's the, it's the flip side. Like if you're a, if you're a creative person, is you spend a long, a lot of time thinking about everything, and trying to analyze everything, and you know, you can write, that's why you can write a massive book about, about abseiling, like 300,000 words about abseiling, because you really thought very deeply about it, and you've, and you've like identified really small details that are actually very important, and it's the same, the same if you're writing like creative writing, is you can, um, you can identify very small details in someone's character, or the way someone says something, or the way someone doesn't say something, that, is is kind of quite it's quite powerful and a lot of people can just kind of miss miss that kind of thing but it does make you it does make you like more like 
it's not as easy if you just like, oh, that guy's an asshole. What does he? What does he mean? And you know, and I guess my normal response in the past would be to like attack that person back. And in and in some regards, this is an attack back to him. <laughs> But it's a more positive way. It probably won't listen to this anyway. But, but no, but it's um, is uh, he basically and in, in another way, like a lot of a lot of the humor you use in your life is is basically getting the boot in before anybody else does. You know that you're, you know you're attacking everybody else, but you're so vulnerable you can't even take. You know, it's like a it's like a battleship with these like massive guns on it. But the 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 hull of the battleship's like you know five millimeters thick or something. Um, can't can't take any hits whatsoever. Um, but it's uh, but but all the but all these things, um, like if the if you do have a weakness or a flaw and someone highlights them, it should always be an opportunity to to think about them. Um, to be like. Am I a climber? Like, what is like, what is a climber? Like, I just watched that vi- video on YouTube, and it's of Joe Brown, um, Hamish McInnes, Don Willans, Mo Antoine, uh, uh, climbing in um, Guyana on the big um, sort of limestone tipipi or what they're called, um, big escarpments. You know, it must be. I think it's from the 1970 something, because the guy who was the narrator died. I was like googling him because I didn't know who he was. He was like an actor who died of like a brain hemorrhage or something like not long after coming back from that trip. So anyway, so was there. That's the that's that's the trip they kind of cover in in feeding the rat. Al Alvarez's book. But anyway, so I was, when I was watching that film, I was thinking like basically apart from Mo Antoine, they all look like a bunch of like they could be like bricklayers or something or maybe like. Uh, a golfing trip gone gone awry like they just look you know Don Willens is like <laughs> looks really fat and really out of his you know out of his place and and Joe Brown just you know he just looks like he's a scaffolder or something and uh, like Mo Antoine is the only one who really looks the part of um you know kind of a you know a climber modern sort of climber but they're just basically like aiding their aiding their way like with pegs and stuff up this um up this thing so i was thinking like are they climbers those guys like joe brown you know what what would he be climbing like e3 um you know if he was around now he'd just be climbing e3 uh don willens you know like if he was still around now yeah he climbed you know was it the south face of annapena and he you know towers of pain and all these kind of stuff but you know would he still be a climber? You know, technically, would is he is he a climber? Um, Hamish McInnes, uh, you know, he was probably, you know, he was probably a busy guy. He was doing lots of, um, you know, mountain rescue stuff and writing books and stuff like that. Like going hill walking, was he was he a climber? Like, what is a, what do you have to be to be a climber? Like, I've I started climbing when I was, like, you know, four or five years old. And I've been doing it, and I'm now fifty years old, and that's kind of been my life basically. It's like is going away, climbing, and uh, you know, I think I think I would say like I've put in 
I've put in far more into climbing than I ever got out, <laughs> especially in terms of like time invested in climbing and then not having the the you know the return of getting to the top of stuff, but also in terms of communicating uh, in an interesting way my view of climbing. Like I think I don't think I've ever tried to say I was like good at climbing or an amazing climber. Um, like I would say I was probably a below average climber when it comes to sort of rock climbing. And I've also just not ever dedicated, you know, as much time in, you know, like to being away from home and doing, you know, like back to back trips and all that kind of stuff, which is probably why I'm still, still alive. So I've always, my relationship with climbing has always been very, uh, it's a bit like my relationship with like vegetables, basically, you know, it's, um, <laughs> It's like fleeting and complex. So, so yeah, so it's, you know, if someone wanted to talk to me about climbing, would, would we, would I have nothing to say? I guess that's the, I guess that's the thing. But I think on a more kind of, on a more kind of, uh, at a different, on a different level, I guess, I, th I guess that comment, which could again, could just be a joke, a joke is, uh, is climbing is a because climbing is basically a performance isn't it um and it's either a it's either a personal performance like you know like people who play the guitar like they love fucking playing the guitar when there's someone else there don't they like oh, i'll just i'll just get my guitar out and i'll just just get my amp my amp on it's like oh christ almighty uh it's like people who play the drums you know play like bongos or something they always have to go and do it where people can can see them. Now I'm sure there's people who play the guitar at home and they never, you know, the people who sing at home and do all sorts of stuff at home. But really, it's like a it's a performance, and people are better at it when they're being watched or or whatever. So so for some people, like I think climbing is like a a uh, an act of performance, and I, and ideally they would like to have it documented and recorded they like someone to take photographs of it or film it or you know talk about it afterwards or whatever and i think the act of performance is tapping into something which is a very deep um it's the same as act acting basically it's a very deep sort of part of your psyche that to be to be seen and to be you know to be uh idolize in a way like you know to be the one who could do like a one-arm pull-up like doing one-arm pull-ups and no one knows you can do it what's the point but you want to you want to be in the prison yard and you're just like cranking out 10 one-arm pull-ups but um but it's uh in a way like my my life as a climber has been has been an act of performance in a way because uh it was although i kind of enjoyed enjoyed it it was generally as like as a stage is you go out there on, on the stage and you'd always try to do something you know you'd, you'd always try and um you'd make it an epic or you'd or you'd you just pick the routes you know that were you know you'd that were guaranteed to be noteworthy or you know or, or whatever and i suppose i suppose like a lot of climbers might be the same as they you know they get to a point where they want to be doing like the hardest route hardest rock routes or the hardest boulder problems and and part of it is 
part of it is that they want to challenge themselves. Like you have this idea that that climbing might be like a combat sport, but instead of fighting and your adversary being another person, in a way your adversary is your is yourself. <laughs> if that makes any sense. That's 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 that, I had this idea from listening to this Alex Friedman's podcast about judo, but um, you know you. In a way, like the the rock or the ice or the mountain is like the canvas or the the mat, and you're fighting yourself up there, really. Uh, but you kind of know all the moves. That's the that's the you know you don't want to. There's I guess there's a lot of tapping out or broken 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 bones. Um, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this now because I wouldn't really ever. But yeah, so so it's so ultimately. Um, I think ultimately the it made it really made me this this one little comment it really made me think about uh what is a what is a climber and am I a climber and um like if I'm not a climber I don't know what I am you know I'm I must be a I must have spent most of my life pretending to be a climber which could be true I, I'm not saying that's not true um you're like maybe you're imitating being a climber or trying to you know if you really were a climber you'd just be climbing all the time and that's your whole life everything in your life would be secondary to that your relationships your kids your work um you just basically be an asshole basically like a fucking climbing asshole and do you want to be a do you want to be a climber like that? <laughs> yeah, I might be an asshole and I might be a climber, but I'm not a climbing asshole. That's basically the thing. Um, like for me, for me, I never wanted to be that person. And I've seen, you know, you work in a climbing shop and you meet a lot of really amazing climbers. And I never, I wanted to be obsessive and I wanted to be commit everything to climbing, but I didn't want to do it all the time. Because, like, like you know, life. I have. I. I think. I. I think I had this experience of meeting some very, very old climbers who were basically they'd their bodies were fucked. They'd. Their all the relationships in their lives were fucked. They basically had no money, no pension, no job, no career, no family, uh, nothing apart from all these all these interactions with bits of rock all over all over the place and they'd basically basically it wasn't i didn't feel like it had worked it, it was it worked out you know to be that obsessed about anything now ideally you just die you know you eventually just you just keep doing it until you drop down dead but i think i always had that i think i always probably wanted to keep my hand in the real world is I did want to have a relationship with other human beings who weren't just climbers, and I did want to read books that weren't just about climbing. I didn't want to go on holiday; it wasn't just about climbing. <laughs> and uh, you know, I know people who were so such extremists that they wouldn't even talk to people who weren't climbers. Like they literally had literally had nothing to say. You know, they would probably see some non-climbers as like civilians or something. But for me, it just I never wanted I never wanted to be like that because if you if you're like judgmental and looking down your noses at everybody everyone you meet, 
you're just missing you're just a fucking asshole basically you know if it's all about oh don't talk to that person like there's a great story about johnny Dawes. he was at some film festival somewhere and he was talking about fear he was like has anybody here like ever felt like real fear you know, like really real fear, like you're going to die and, you know, one move, make if you make, just blow this one move, you're going to die. Anyone had that had that experience here? And this, this guy puts his hand up, like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've felt like that. And Johnny comes over to him with his microphone. He goes like, do you want to tell us, like, tell us about it? And he goes like, oh, well, I, I was on this V-diff. And he goes, oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but if you're always judging everyone you meet by oh what grade do you climb you know like someone's you know a climb e1 or something and uh it's not it's just not it's not good really because you will meet people who've never climbed anything in their lives and they're fucking amazing you know like i i, I, I maybe i've told this story on this podcast but i was i was sitting outside the coffee shop and there was this old old woman there and she had like a transistor radio old-fashioned a tranny as he used to call it you can't call them trannies anymore and he said she had it up to her ear and it was a bit annoying you know because uh, you could kind of hear it you know and i was like god why don't you get yourself some bloody bloody ipod or something you know get with the 21st century don't make ipods anymore and um anyway so i was like oh what are you listening to as in turn it off and she said oh i'm listening to the radio <laughs> listening to a tranny anyway so um uh, so I started talking to her and um, turned out she was uh, she was like 90 years old or something she was like pretty pretty old and because of like lockdown like you could tell she she was kind of a little bit isolated and was just basically she was going going to this coffee shop and sitting outside because you couldn't go into it like every day and she did, she did like a walk and she would come and sit outside this coffee shop she was still like fit and everything else but she was like very very kind of elderly so I started having a having a talk talk to her and I was like, um, what was it like like growing up in Ireland? Um, you know, and she was like, Oh, it was like she was telling that like she used to cycle to school in the winter and she had no gloves and she used to like hold the handlebars like one hand at a time and all this you know, and and I was talking about this stuff and I was like, What about the what about the church, the Catholic church? And she was like, Oh, it's like terrible and um you know, like religion, it's all, you know, it's all crap and all that kind of stuff. And I said, then what did you, what did you do? You know, when you, when you left school, she said, oh, I was, I was a nun. <laughs> and she still, she still was a nun. She was this like 90 year old nun. I don't think I ever retired from being a nun. But she just had this like f- amazing conversation with this person with so much like, you know, like humanity and stuff that really opened your your mind to like stuff you never like i've i have all the time in the world for the catholic church i have all the time in the world for islam i have all the time in the world for like atheism and anti-theism and all this kind of stuff because all of it's kind of interesting but if i just said to that woman like oh what grade do you climb and she said like what's what's a grade you know they'd be like oh, i'm not talking to that person um, <laughs> you know if they had like the wrong kind of uh if they had like like a massive choke bag or they just had like really crap rock boots and they'd be like oh god i'm not talking to that person they've got like look at that oh god god my god they've got the choke bag clipped onto their harness oh my god what, a, what an idiot anyway so so yeah so i think i think um although i would say 
I have had like an, a life of extreme climbing. I never wanted to be an extreme climber. I, I just, I rather, I rather be like a hitman, you know, who just has his ordinary life, and then he gets a, you know, he gets a, an envelope through the door or something, or there's some, you know, and he opens it, and there's like a picture of someone he has to go and kill. Except for me, it was like a picture of a mountain, and I kind of quite liked that. I quite liked that kind of superhero kind of lifestyle of just being an being an ordinary person interested in ordinary things and never getting you know if you're a hitman you just you don't want to be reading books about killing people all the time and getting magazines about how to kill people and uh go to websites about how to kill people it's just you know it's what you know you just want to you know fill your mind mind with other things really and just when it comes to the killing just go and just just get it over with so yeah so um so yes i am a climber I have decided, and I am an asshole as well. Um, but I think there's, I think there's room for assholes. You know, at least, at least <laughs> there's, there's at least some room for an asshole in this world. You know, where would we be without assholes? Be full of shit, wouldn't we? So, so yeah. So um, anyway, so I hope I hope this little podcast uh, didn't sound um, uh, <laughs> too rambling because <laughs> it because it was. Um, and uh, I wasn't trying to get back at this person. Uh, it was. It did genuinely kind of. I won't say it upset me, but it made me. It made me think about about stuff like that, and it made me think I need to. Um, just to prove to myself, I need to. Like it's not easy to go climbing here because it's like raining all the time. So maybe I need to, you know, make some adjustments to my life to go more to go climbing more or something or. You know, it's not easy when you got baby. Anyway, I'm just making loads of excuses up now because I fucking hate climbing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, check out that video of, um, of Mo Antoine, and um, I'll put I'll put a link in the in the the notes for this for this podcast. Um, it's really it's a really cool little film from the from the days before climbing got up, so up its own arse basically, and um, yeah, they were they were maybe maybe you need to go for that old you know that thing about if you're like interviewing someone, I think it's some Norwegian soldier guy told me like, if you're interviewing someone to be in your special forces thing, you need to ask yourself, could I spend a month in a snow hole with this person? And I think maybe, maybe that applies to climbers as well. Um, I'm sure it'd be like good fun hanging out with Don Willens and Mo Antoine and all those, those people less so maybe with someone who's like on the Olympic climbing team, but that's, that's probably unfair. I'm sure it'd be, Sure, it'd be good fun. I'll just be talking about the tendons and the, you know, campusing and all that kind of stuff. But that's I'm sure that's not true. Anyway, so um, hopefully the next podcast to do, I'll actually be talking to another human being and um, rant, rant, you know, talking nonstop for like four hours. But until then, um, uh, be safe, you climbers. Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.